The following is a Hoop Bowl presentation. Hey, what's up, everyone? Welcome to the Hoopball Celtics podcast, presented by Hoopball. I'm your host, Patrick Lounsbury. You can also find me on Twitter at Ballin Opinions. That's B-A-L-L-I-N-O-P-I-N-I-O-N-S for your Celtics needs. Also, go give our channel a follow on Twitter now, Hoopball Celtics. That's all one word, just for any show updates and releases as we continue to grow on this platform. All right, Donovan Mitchell leads the Utah Jazz to a 117-109 victory as the Jazz outplayed the Celtics down the stretch. Boston, despite the close loss, showed some good things that we'll get to in the first segment. They did some have some bad stretches there as well, which we'll be addressing in the second segment. And lastly, we'll just wrap everything up and, and give some final thoughts on the whole situation. Going into some of the good things uh, with Boston this game, I really liked the their energy coming out of the gate. It felt like that they were not willing to come out very sloppy. They had initiative. They were aggressive. They were playing good on both sides of the ball right off the get-go. No slow start. Didn't seem like they just walked in there dead. I think that has to do with maybe getting a lot more rest days since uh, going into the second half of the season before everything starts ramping up. So this team looks like they have a bunch more energy. Also having Marcus Smart back out there helps a lot. Uh, getting a lot of energy from him. Robert Williams has been playing a lot better. Start of the first quarter was just a lot of attacking at the rim, um, not shying away from Gobert. I like the um, Gobert. Sorry, I like the way that they were really aggressive, really um, attacking Gobert. Despite you know last time that they matched up with him, they they shied away a lot from the paint. The this time they were really took a focus and made an initiative to be aggressive at the rim um it ended up opening up a lot of other things as well so i just think that boston needs to be better at continuing to stay attack mode and attacking the middle even if they're not always getting layups they can always open up everything else on the offense for themselves um defense was very active and aggressive early on as well um i thought they did good in in transition I thought they were really good in setting their defense when they were making shots. They were getting back in time. They're, they're doing a lot of the little fundamental things that they weren't doing earlier in the year, which was really nice to see coming out of the gate, um, especially with a bunch. I mean, a bunch of these first quarters have just been ugly for them. So just seeing how, how well they came out the gate tonight, um, I was really just applauded applaud to, to the effort. The effort's changing. They had a solid 14-5 and five start in the first 5 minutes and 15 seconds of this game before you, they had Utah call a timeout. So just really coming out of the gate, knocking some. At the, about the 2-minute and 39 mark in that first, Rob had a gorgeous pass. And I'm talking like this type of pass right here, it, it, it looks simple. And I'd want to highlight it just because I don't want people to take it for granted. But Robert Williams had the ball in the high post area, talking about the elbow, and Jalen Brown gives him the ball, and then he cuts straight down the middle um, to the rim with a defender right on his hip. But Robert Williams was able to literally throw a pass where the defender could not reach it, and Jalen Brown caught it 
for an easy layup, like super easy layup. So those types of passes are super key to getting easier looks. I thought it was just a, a great look at how good Robert Williams can also be used in, in passing and his vision of, of the court. I thought he did a good job of getting the ball in there. Um, I just wanted to make sure we didn't overlook that. I think that's going to be really crucial, um, having trust in, in Robert Williams. And as his minutes go up, I assume that that he's going to have to force more run and more run. He's going to need to be able to make plays like this. He can't just always be a pick and, and lob person. He's going to have to get the ball be able to pass it and, and find his open teammates and be able to make sometimes some difficult passes. And that was a difficult pass I really enjoyed. thought it was a beautiful pass. I enjoyed the hell out of it. I was like, oh, man. Like, I was, like, going on all bananas when I when I saw that pass. I was just like, oh, man. I didn't know Robert Williams really had that in his arsenal like that. So just just nice, uh, nice, nice uh, tight window pass. Impressive. Um, going into the third quarter... About 10-19 mark, uh, we had probably our play of the game. Uh, Brown dropped Donovan Mitchell and, and ended up drawing a foul. As Donovan Mitchell was trying to recover, he ends up hitting Jalen Brown on the elbow. And Jalen Brown hits the jumper, and it's an and one. Just just a little fun uh, backstory is in the bubble. There was always like they were on Instagram live and, and stuff like that and posting each other like, man, this guy can't leave me alone. They always it seemed like they had like this super close friendship at least. And I just thought it was funny because after Jalen Brown hits that, he just gives Donovan Mitchell a little love tap on the on the butt saying, I got you, you know, and, and Donovan Mitchell instantly like gets it throws a little frustration but like he he's like slaps like Jalen Brown's like arm away and it was just hilarious because Jalen Brown looks to the refs like yo man do you see him he slapped me on the arm and I could just tell like if, if the refs would have called like a flagrant or anything or like a technical on that play that um Jalen Brown would definitely have like started laughing because because in reality he was just he was messing with them just trying to get in you know into his buddy like they're like hey man I got you blah blah just a fun exchange I thought Jalen Brown did also a good job of finishing that play it was really really cool sequence there to watch um at the 309 mark in the third quarter Tatum hits his 500th career three-pointer that makes him the third youngest uh to reach that mark at his age so just a phenomenal job by Tatum, you know, just I think we're taking granted of how good he has been to this point. He still has some inconsistencies that he's trying to work through as he takes over this leadership role. But man, congrats to Jason Tatum and his 500th career three pointer. Thought uh, Tatum was great tonight as well. He finished the game. Where is he at? 12 of 24. He was 4 of 7 from deep, had 29 points, 6 rebounds. Just a real solid game from Jason Tatum tonight. He was also the highest plus minus with plus thirteen. Um, he was only one of two people with the plus, um, and the other person was Robert Williams. So with plus four, so just kind of taking the credit that Tatum has been on a really good stretch of of games, and hopefully uh, he's this rest from the All Star break gets him going. He had, he did play thirty seven minutes tonight, and Jalen Brown played thirty nine. So uh, watching their minutes again because they were kind of they were kind of getting overworked. And I think as they're getting healthier, hopefully we can get those minutes down to a 35-34. Um, Celtics had a, a huge end of that third quarter. Tatum was was really imposing his will, as well as he had a nice 
he had like a nice uh, contest on the defensive end when he came over for help as Gobert blew by, I believe it was Tice in the game at the time. And he goes right to the rim, and it looks like going to be just like an easy dunk or layup. And Tatum just gets in the way and forces a difficult shot, and and Gobert doesn't doesn't knock it down, and, and it just turned into a stretch where the Celtics kind of really pulled everything together. And I thought Tatum was was really impressed with his shot selection tonight, which hasn't always been the case in regards of his game. Even when he has good games, sometimes his shot selection seems a little wonky. So it was really nice to to see Tatum be able to pick his spots, find a way to attack the defense in different ways, whether it was driving, whether it was hitting a three. He did a, a great job of picking his spots. It seemed like he really got into a zone there in the third quarter and, and kind of took off with it. So just that that's some of the things. Uh, I'll break down the fourth quarter here after the bad stuff, but let's just jump into some of the bad things I ended up seeing in this game. Um, Celtics second unit um, is is was struggling. It, it struggled later part of that first quarter. Uh, they ended up, despite the Celtics coming out to a super hot start and having a really good first quarter, they only left the first quarter up two points. And I thought, wow, man, that's that's not gonna cut it. The bench has not been good lately. And with getting Marcus Smart back and and getting some guys healthy. After a break, I'm hoping also we get Romeo Langford back soon. I know he's in protocol for for tracing and all that right now. I don't know if he got COVID or not because they're not allowed to release that type of information. But it definitely sounds like uh, he might have ended up in contact with someone who might have or he ended up getting it. But besides that, the, the bench hasn't been great. Uh, Grant Williams has, hasn't had the best stretches. Semi Ojale hasn't had the best stretches. Peyton Pritchard has struggled at a lot at times this year. Uh, this really just comes down to me thinking like, wow, like we really are young on the bench. We really miss Gordon Hayward. We really do. We miss Gordon Hayward. We miss somebody able to really run in that bench unit. Uh, it, it's kind of hard to stagger Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum as much as like we do. I mean, they're already playing like 30, you know, 37, 39 minutes a game. Uh, Kemba Walker played 34 minutes a game. Like they, they need, they don't trust their bench. Like the only person on the bench tonight that there's played over 20 minutes was two people. And that was Marcus Smart and Robert Williams. They only trusted Peyton Pritchard for 12 minutes. Peyton Pritchard was zero points. He, he literally put up a zero board. The only thing he got was one assist tonight and a, and a personal foul in 11 minutes or 12 minutes like that's not gonna cut it Jeff Teague 10 minutes zero points Uh, Grant Williams 17 minutes two points like they need help they need some help because I mean even Semi Ojale started tonight for uh, Tristan Thompson who is out because of safety protocols he had 19 minutes zero points so you're gonna tell me between Semi Ojale Jeff Teague and Peyton Pritchard, that they they played a total of let me do the math real quick. Boom, boom, boom. Forty one minutes, zero points. That's just not going to cut it. I don't think Boston is going to be. I I personally think that they're not going to make a move at the deadline. I think they're going to address a lot of the holes in this team in the off season. And I know that's not what everybody wants to hear, but at the same time, I'm looking at the timeline and and 
and hearing Danny Ainge go, this isn't a championship caliber team, is there a move that makes them a championship caliber team then? Is there one single move or two moves that, that we feel that are realistic, this trade deadline that pushes them over into the championship window? Like, we got to compete with the Nets. We got to compete with Brook, uh, Brooklyn Nets. Um, I'll say Sixers, we got to compete with the Bucks. There's just teams uh, in the Eastern Conference that are so top-heavy. Even the Miami Heat right now are starting to roll and have been playing phenomenal basketball as they've gotten Jimmy Butler back and really healthy. Like I think they've only lost like five or six games since Jimmy Butler has played in them. So just uh, just being realistic about our window here. And I think Danny Ainge feels the pressure but also understands the situation. And I think he, they're really going to go into this offseason not worrying about you know a big contract and, and hoping that a guy stays or not like the Gordon Hayward situation, like the Kyrie Irving situation. Let's give Danny Ainge an offseason where he goes in with the, the mindset to really end up locking in on, on what he wants to do and, and see what he puts around because they need some help. They need some scoring help on the, on the bench. They need some scoring help alongside – Tatum Brown and and Walker right now. I mean, uh, smart smart's doing what he can. He didn't have a great game tonight, and I think if he had just a an average game for him, it, it would have been a lot different. He played twenty five minutes and was one of six from three, two of ten from the field, so just five points. Marcus Smart just didn't do too much on the offensive end, so they they need somebody who can who not only can be respectable on defense, but can maybe chip in and a consistent. 10 15 points right now they don't have that and I think that's where this game was essentially lost at because Jordan Clarkson for example I know it's a bad example because he is going to be you know six man of the year and it's like oh how do you get a six man of the year just like that or whatever but I mean he was six of 16 five of 10 from three he had 20 points off the bench really a big lift for them even like a Joe Ingles would would help the Celtics a player like that he had 14 points tonight He's four of eight from three, five of nine from the field. So, just and and the whole, and looking at the starters' minutes on the Jazz, it's like you got Gobert thirty three minutes, Conley thirty three minutes, Mitchell thirty three minutes. The uh, the fact is that Walker had more minutes than any of their starters. Brown had more minutes than any of their starters. Tatum had more minutes than any of their starters, and it wasn't enough. The scoring on this team, the the second unit is just. It hasn't been up up to par. I also thought the Celtics tonight were very sloppy with the ball in the first half, uh, while also they weren't able to contain Clarkson. I mean, he had three consecutive threes. He was just lighting it up, and Boston wasn't really resisting. They came out with great energy in in the first quarter, and then it, it, it fades. It fades like there were stretches there, and. I was just like, man, what, what happened? Where do we go with this? Like, we need to stay locked in for a full game. I want, I want to see forty-eight minutes. I don't even care if we lose a game, man. I just want to see locked in for forty-eight minutes. I don't feel like I've seen that this year yet. I feel like the closest we've come is in that blowout win against Toronto earlier in the year. So I, I just want to see them get really locked in. At some point this season, the Celtics were bad when when Tatum wasn't on the floor. Uh, the offense really struggled with consistency issues, even from Jalen Brown and, and Kemba. It's just a big concern because 
you need to be able to rest Tatum, but also it's like every time they seem to sit down Tatum, they can't stop, you know, the team from scoring on them and, and getting back and, and scoring themselves. They can't get buckets, it seems like, because you, you look at the plus minus and it just tells you, all right, Jason Tatum plus 13, right? And he was second in minutes behind Jalen Brown. Jalen Brown was leading a lot of those second units, sometimes even with Kemba Walker. But it was mainly Jalen Brown. So when Tatum was on the bench, you need Jalen Brown to kind of carry that load. Jalen Brown was a negative 14 on plus minus. So he just wasn't in there for good stretches. His, I mean, when he when he gets scoring going, it's when Tatum is also on the floor, it seems like. So I don't know if that's just the product of him maybe drawing the best defender when Tatum sits out. And... You know, when Tatum's out there, he relieves, opens up things more for Brown because Brown seems to be more aggressive and and hits more shots when Tatum's on the floor. So they need to find another person that they could put alongside Brown when when Jason Tatum sits, or or put another person alongside Kemba Walker other than Brown, and then you just keep Tatum and Brown together, and they can sit together and then go back out together. I don't. There's a lot of rotation issues that we gotta figure out down the line here um and that's that's pretty much it as far as the bad but you know um it was just it it was a lot it was a lot to to handle there and and we went into the fourth quarter with a chance to win this game and and go bear was was a game changer in the fourth quarter they did a lot of good things early on to kind of neutralize them but in the fourth quarter, it seemed like he went full nuclear mode and Boston couldn't keep him off the board. They couldn't stop him in the paint. It was it was like Rudy Gobert and he was just getting whatever he wanted. Um, they did have a strong push during Rudy's bench time um, in the fourth quarter, giving them a chance uh, again down the stretch as Boston was within one point at the four-minute mark. But... Gobert comes in and and was just he was too much tonight for the Celtics and the Celtics just couldn't handle um the overflow of Utah and Utah ended up hitting some threes down the stretch Mitchell hit a hit a nice stagger um later in the in the quarter as well just they they played really good I I, I like watching the Jazz because of how how well they move the ball their ball movement is what I wish the Celtics was consistently. And and the Celtics have shown, you know, glimpses of those consistencies. And it's just like, you, you see the potential of this team and, and being able to be really good when they trust in each other and they really rotate each other and everything like that. But man, ah, oh, it's just so frustrating sometimes. I think what Rudy had, Rudy was 16 and 12 with four blocks. So, yeah. And he was big on the free throws down the stretch. He was six of seven from the line. Uh, it just, just crucial, hurting the Celtics. A guy who's known to not be the greatest free throw shooter in the league, hitting them all down the stretch. Donovan Mitchell had himself a twenty-one point game, six of sixteen. So it wasn't like he he blew it off. They did. They really finished this game as a team unit. Uh, their second leading scorer was Clarkson off the bench. Uh, Ingles had 14 off the bench. That alone is 34 points. Not you know, it's Royce O'Neal had six points. Bogdanovich had 12. The they just did it as a unit, 
and and I think that's where the Celtics are missing that spot. You know, you have all these guys who chip in and keep the game within grasp, but then it's like your your stars get worn out sometimes at the end because they've been carrying the whole load. For the Jazz, they didn't have to play as many minutes. You know, thirty three minutes from all three of their top top guys, and in the fourth quarter, you know, they they have a little bit left in the tank. And then you got people like Jason Tatum and, and Gina Brown. I'm not making an excuse for them because, you know, that's that's just what ended up happening. I'm just reading whatever the stats are saying. And it's just unfortunate because the lack of depth is hurting the starters play. So Boston, I would love if they went and out and got some help just so that even for this year, I'd hope that the, the person they got is going to be on the roster next year as well. Like a Harrison Barnes would be cool. Or an Aaron Gordon, uh, but it, it's going to be interesting to see what Danny Ainge does at this deadline, as far as those things end up going. But yeah, man. Uh, uh, overall, ultimately Boston misses some open shots down the stretch. I mean, Utah hits their free throws. They beat Boston at home. However, there's some optimism from this game, and here's why I think there's some optimism. Boston, at if they had played this game in February, I think they lose by 20. And the reason I say this is because down the stretch, they were fighting all the way. Even when they weren't hitting shots, they were fighting and they were playing hard. I will give them credit there because that hasn't always been the case, especially before the All-Star break, um, before that four-game winning streak. I think... The, the team is showing slight improvements as they continue to to build and, and go farther in the season as they get guys back. And also, I I think Marcus Smart, it, it's unfortunate that they need him in the lineup to play better defense. I don't I don't know what it is. It's like it, it's like he's the fourth leg on a on a chair. It's like when he's not in, when he's sitting on the bench. Sometimes it's like you got a three-legged chair out there, like tilting, getting ready to fall apart. And then as soon as Smart comes in, he's he's that fourth leg, and everybody's also in, in engaged in 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 people. So they need to be able to learn how to dig deep and and be consistent on defense, even when Marcus Smart's not on the floor. But um, I I also think Robert Williams was fantastic. He's been he's been playing better and better and it's almost come to the point where it's like start Robert Williams 7 of 10 from the field 14 points uh 9 rebounds two block shots against one of the league's best centers you know like he he was the only other one other than Tatum that had a plus and he had a plus 4 so maybe trying to figure out how we can get Robert Williams in the starting lineup moving forward might be nice just Seeing how we how we end up moving forward against, uh, I think we got who do we play tomorrow? The Cavs, I believe. So yeah, they get to go away from Boston now to Cleveland on a back to back. I'm I'm feeling back to back. No Kemba. They're traveling. They just played a really hard game against the Jazz. Uh, it might be a game where they play down to their competition. Uh, I hope that they come out strong and really build up on them, but. It'll be interesting to to watch how they come out in that game, and this this is a type of game in the first half of the season that they would probably lose by like twenty, 
just because of the the travel and not having Kemba, but they do have Smart, so I'm hoping that they can pull away a victory there, and hopefully they don't go on a two-game slide here. Um, but that'll be something to watch for. But all right, guys, that does it for today's episode here at the Hoopball Celtics podcast. But please remember to go and go on Twitter if you have Twitter. Go follow the Hoopball Celtics. That's at H O O P Ball Celtics. That's all one word. That's for you know any more show episodes that will be dropped, etc. Any information on the Celtics might be dropped there. Boom. And then you can also follow my personal account on Twitter. That's Ballin' Opinions. That's B-A-L-L-I-N-O-P-I-N-I-O-N-S. And, yeah, man, thank you guys so much for stopping by and listening today. Uh, I can't wait to talk to you guys after a hopeful Celtics win after the Cavs game. All right, guys. Later. presentation.